Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to episode 91 of Tendy Talk, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the BLPA Podcast Networks. I'm your host Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week I chat with Laura Hopewell of October Saves. As we're at the halfway point of the 2023 October Saves Challenge, I wanted to talk to her to learn more about the initiative and the story behind it. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Laura. Well, Laura, thanks for uh, joining me on the podcast. It was funny. I didn't even realize you were going to be on the End Goal podcast the week we're recording here. So I was working today listening to that. I was like, wait a minute. We're going to be talking Hold later on. today. I'll talk to her later. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, do- I'm doing the rounds. I was going to say, I've, I've done a couple today, too. <laughs> I, I was going to say, it's probably a busy time for you to be talking to a bunch of folks, uh, spreading the good word about October saves. And we're obviously going to talk about that. But before we do, I got to ask, you know, how did you get exposed or started with the game of hockey? I know you've got the two... Two goalies in the family, you know, was that the start of it or, you know, was there a uh, passion for the game before then? No. So my husband and I had absolutely zero experience (laughs) in ice hockey, like zero. So I'm from Maryland. My husband's from Virginia, but he's a football player. I mean, we had zero experience, but my oldest child, his best friend, that child's dad was from Boston. Okay. That child was playing hockey. And so, of course, my son was like, well, you know, I've got to go play the sport, you know, that my my best buddy is playing. And my husband and I were like, sure, okay, we know nothing about this. Yeah, so, didn't know what you were setting yourselves up for, right? Nothing. And we certainly did not know about goaltending. I'll tell you that much. We knew nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, so when the first one came home and was like, hey, I want to be a goalie, you didn't think anything of it. You were just like, sure, go on. Why not? Was especially the first child. And honestly, the first child, we knew that he was going to be a goalie because he would record on his own since he was little. He would record NHL on the fly. And every morning (laughs) we would find him in the family room just rewinding the parts with the goalies. And so we were like, okay, this child, like it's in the (laughs) DNA, this child is a goalie. And then when the second child was like, okay, I'd like to put on the pads, my husband and I were like, like, oh no, like really we're going to do this twice? Um, yeah, who, he, who's getting the second job for that one? <laughs> <laughs> you can't say yes to one and no to another. So we we're like, sure, you're not going to like it. Like we didn't think he was going to like it, and no, he definitely liked it. So two goalies. <laughs> yeah, it, it was funny when I was playing. My dad would always say, "You know, why couldn't you have stuck with soccer? I would have bought you top of the line cleats every year, brand new, and it right. wouldn't have been a big deal." But no, you had to go play 
hockey. And on top of that, you had to be a goalie. It's like, well, you know, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's something about it and they love it. And the first time that our oldest put on the pads, like it was, you know, a set of gear that was owned by the team. So it was like, you know, the yeah. old gear, but it was, he was small. So it was fine. So they sent us into the locker room, like, okay, get him dressed. And so we do nothing. And we get him <laughs> dressed. Like we think we've got him dressed and we send him out. And then <laughs> the coach like whispers in our ear. He's like, you've got the leg pads on the wrong legs. <laughs> And we're like yep. right back and then we'll go shape put this back on so we've come a long way it's been you know it's over a decade now but yeah yeah <laughs> I remember when i first started again i was using association pads too but th- this was in the uh early 90s and they still had equipment from the late 70s for oh association gosh. equipment so like <laughs> when you see the old photos of brown leather pads that's what i was that's wearing it. and you know <laughs> My dad, he's putting them on, not knowing which leg they should go on. So they were on the wrong leg. But those pads, it didn't really matter because it's not like there was an outer roll, but it was like. Right. They were so wonky anyway that whatever, you just get them on. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I, I, I kind of appreciate that I, I got to, you know, at least play one year with the old, old school equipment. Yeah. You know, my chest protector was a two piece chest protector. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, it, I looked like a goalie from the seventies with the exception of my helmet. I, I had a player helmet uh, that I was wearing, a but it's helmet. Like, you know, I, I, I have a lot more respect for those, uh, older goalies and what they had to go through. Actually like what they actually wore and were happy to be wearing. Right. Yeah. I I had one teammate ask me, you know, what would you do if goalies didn't wear masks? And I just looked at him. I was like, I'd be a forward. Like, I I may be a goalie, but I'm not stupid. Right. There's not a chance I would put one of my children out there, not in full, like full gear from top to bottom. There's not a chance. (laughs) No, no. And I had to have braces as a kid. And my my mom would joke and she's like, I'm not worried about the investment because he's a goalie. I know he'll at least keep most of his teeth. (laughs) That's what our our orthodontist said. Like, okay, well, don't worry because you are protected. So you're going to be fine. You're you're the only one that's not going to lose his teeth. So I was like, okay, there's positives to this. Like I, I can do this. Yeah, stress level that I experience every single game. Sure. Yeah, you know, so you know, the the kids start playing hockey, they become goalies. And it is a whole different culture, for sure, especially Mm -hmm. for your husband coming from football. It's Mm -hmm. a a very different culture. You know, what has it been like the last 10 years, really, you know, becoming a part of it and, uh, you know, learning the game on top of it, because it's not like the rules are easy to figure out at first, either. No, and when we were just newbies, I mean, complete newbies when we came to this, but, but, you know, the hockey community is also a very, you know, like they embrace you when, and yep. so, so the minute we sort of found ourselves in a rink and this is what we were doing, I mean, we were really, I would say we were, we were all in from the beginning because it was just really fun and the game was so fast. And, you know, after a little league baseball, sorry folks, but <laughs> um, ice hockey was pretty awesome. And you kind of can't go back after that point. Like you can't go back to, to some of those other like little league sports after you've had your child playing hockey. So I don't know. We just fell in love with it too. And we, and we learned quickly and my husband's kind of an all around sports guy, thank goodness. And he embraced, you know, all of the different things he needed to learn. And then I sort of took on the role, like my job is the one to keep everybody sane. You know, (laughs) one that's like, I should have a psychology degree at this point from, you know, bringing the children off the ice and making sure everyone's okay. And mentally either, you know, you're the hero or the zero. So we had to make sure everybody's okay. But you know, we've been doing it for a long time at this point with two goalies and it's all we know. I mean, we don't have a forward. We don't have a defenseman like that. We have goalies. So I don't know yeah. what's genetics, but something. <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned, you know, it's com- compared to Little League Baseball. My son's a baseball player and I enjoy the game watching him play for different reasons. But my grandpa was a Dutch immigrant. Didn't really understand the game of hockey, but he loved coming to my games because he said, you know, and he would go to games he's like only two people are playing at a time he goes at least when i come to your games everybody's involved and he's like the only reason somebody's sitting up is because they're tired uh, right. you know right but and he, only he for just a time. He didn't understand right. What, yeah but he even said i really don't understand what's going on but it's still fun to watch well we joke that my mother-in-law who has become the best hockey grandma like she is so into it but we still joke to this day that every time there's a you know a delayed penalty and the goalie starts like racing off the ice 
still to this day, like more than 10 years in, she's like, where is he going? Why, like, where, where's the goalie going? Why is it? Like, oh my gosh. You've explained this so many times, Yeah, <laughs> but she still loves it. I mean, she's, she's never going to understand all of it, but she loves it and she's into it. So it's, yeah. <laughs> well, I remember, um, my brother-in-law, he wanted to play, he played high school hockey in Minnesota and junior hockey and some college hockey. So my sister-in-law, um, she grew up in a hockey household. She should know some of these rules. And we're at one of my nephew's games. And my brother-in-law was there with me. And my father-in-law was there. And my nephew's team was down late in the game. So they're pulling the goalie. And my sister-in-law is just clueless. Not, you know, she's like, this coach doesn't know what he's doing. Why is he pulling the goalie? Blah, blah, blah. And we kind of look over at her and we're like, because you're down one goal with a minute and a half left in the game. That's right. what you do. And she was like, hmm. <laughs> Okay, well, well, but it was like all three of us were just like, "How long have you been around this game?" And you're asking this question. All of a sudden, you're an expert. Hold on. Well, I mean, yeah. something about sitting in those stands. I don't know. It brings things out in people. I mean, my mom was the sweetest, calmest human being on the planet. But you put her in the stands in a hockey game and for like young, young kids games. And next thing you know, she is yelling like I've never seen her yell. So there's just something about an ice rink oh, with. Yeah. Like a game going on that just brings on all this different stuff in people. But I think that's partially why we love it. So <laughs> one of my teammates in youth hockey, his dad was a referee. So his mom knew the rule book. Yeah. And none of the other moms would sit by Mrs. Hutchinson because game would be going and she'd just be to the person next to her hitting her arm. So my mom always sat next to Mrs. Hutchinson because she wanted to know the rules. Right. She learned <laughs> she's a lot like, next to Mrs. Hutchinson. Right. Yeah. But she's like, I always had a bruise on my arm during the season. And it was just, the, <laughs> so yeah, it, it was, it was kind of one of those things when, when I was uh, reading my mom's eulogy, I had to bring that one up because yes. Mrs. Hutchinson was, there and she's just like oh jesus like i just got brought up in a eulogy like oh my goodness yeah (laughs) yeah it was like oh my god um that's awesome so you know you you got the two goalies in the household which um my deepest sympathies to you uh, because (laughs) we we, you know as you said the first one you you knew he was born that way and goalies are born there was a great cartoon Mm -hmm. back when i was playing youth hockey and um it was basically that goalies are hatched, not born, and <laughs> we're that way from birth. Um, yes. But you, you got these two two kids playing hockey, um, and you know, you, you somewhere around that time, you get diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not easy for any family, especially a mother. It, you know, what was that like for the family, and you know, how did the hockey community step up for you? So I was diagnosed, I mean, as is ever, everyone who's diagnosed, but completely out of the blue, was healthy as can be as far as I was concerned, you know, in great shape, happy as can be. My kids were four and seven, so they were just starting hockey. So, um, you know, it was just a completely just devastating, but just shocking situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, it, you know, we went through a fairly, you know, aggressive battle for a while with lots of surgeries and chemo and the whole nine yards. And, um the hockey world for us was kind of going on parallel to what was going on at home with all this chemo and cancer and kind of mayhem. But our boys would go to the rink and the rink was just their happy place. It was awesome Mm -hmm. where they could just be free and, or get out anger or, you know, whatever was kind of going on, just forget it. You know, they would just, just go and go into this other world. Um, But then, you know, as a hockey, when you're on a hockey team, you practice all the time, you have games all weekend. So you're the hockey team is also your hockey family and the rink is where you know everyone and you know it's just it's just a very strong strong community so for us they were really there when I you know when I had cancer like the hockey our hockey team and our hockey world was super super supportive and um so once I finished you know once the battle was kind of finished or at least the treatment part was finished then we thought okay it, you know, let's, let's, let's use this community. Like maybe let's give back with this community. He was, was yep. so supportive. Like, let's, let's see if we can maybe do like a little fundraiser. Let's just do a little fundraiser and let's just go with what, you know, and we know goalies. So, you know, we had a little conversation with our goalie coach in the lobby of the, the rink and, you know, this idea was hatched. And so we, we ran with it and we thought it'd be like, maybe we could raise $5,000. That would be awesome. And we'd give it to stand up yep. to cancer and that would be super cool during breast cancer awareness month. But 
28 goalies signed up and we thought, you know, we'd have a few 28 goalies signed up. And then we raised $32,000, which, you know, far exceeded what we thought we could ever do. And so it got us just thinking like, hold on a second. I think, I think we've struck a nerve. Like somehow we have just found this community that's going to embrace doing this event, you know, this October saves event. Um, and then it just sort of exploded from there. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, it, it warms my heart that the hockey community stepped up when they did for you, because, you know, it's not easy on the kids, especially mm-hmm. even at that age, they really don't understand what's going on, but they know something's not right. Mm-hmm. And like you said, going to the rink, it was an escape for not just them, probably, you know, you guys All too, when you went there, because mm-hmm. um, yeah, people are going to ask how you're doing. But after that, it's like, all right, here's, Here's your hot cocoa, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's it's stay true. warm and watch the watch the kids. It was normal uh, and fine. Yeah, like they just or they would just. What do you need? Can we help you with this? Can you know just just a really, you know, they yeah. see you every day. So pretty yeah. much, you know, there's only a few days you're not at the rink, and so yeah. they, you know, they see you every day, and just was just a really supportive, wonderful yeah. community, and pro- probably helped with the kids and take took that burden mm-hmm. off of mm-hmm. worrying about them too, because, um, yeah, th- that's how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you, you start this initiative with, with the idea to somehow give back to cancer research. And I think I read somewhere too, so, some of the groups you've given to also focus on the patient care, because as, as you know, it's not easy. I, my mm-hmm. wife was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in oh. August of 2001. Okay. And right after giving birth to my daughter, she had to go through treatment. Oh. And, you know, she was like, just the, you know depending on where you're at, they just kind of put you in a room. It's like, here you go. And it's like, there's certain things that would be nice to have like a blanket or, you know, different things, you know, it's like, you don't know until you're in that environment. You know, so there are groups now that kind of help not give you a welcome basket, but kind of like, actually, yes, there are groups that do. I mean, you're almost like, welcome to the sorority. Like it's, but it's, you know, it's all the nice things. One of the groups that we, that we donate to, and we have from the beginning, we're really proud of is a beneficiary. They're called life with cancer. Mm -hmm. And, um, they, all the treatment that they give, it's, it's, you know, sort of therapeutic, um, support services basically for people going through treatment of any types of cancer. And it's free for anyone who wants to go. So, I mean, you could be treated at the hospital right next door or you could be treated somewhere else but it's free to go there and they have everything from like you know, from psychologists to you know helping you figure out how to wear a wig to drum circles if that's what you need to you know I mean you name yeah. it they've got it for the full family like the, like everyone yeah. so the kids if the if you know mom and dad are experiencing the diagnosis whatever um, but it's it's we're very proud to support them and the things that they do are just so important yeah, I, I love that that group focuses on the whole family because mm-hmm. the cancer patient can't get well if their caretakers aren't well. Right. And I know when my wife was going through treatment, you know, it was, I had to have somebody I could talk to. And at mm-hmm. the different times, there were different people I, I could. When my mom was diagnosed in 2020, like that was one of the first things I told my dad is like, I'm here to talk, but I know you got people out where they live as well. It's like, it's important. You, you know, yeah. you're, you're taking on a lot, you know, but my wife was great with my mom and that it was like, as soon as we found out, it was like, Amazon was coming every day. We, you know, just Aww. different things. So I was like, what's this? And my wife's like, you're going to want that when you go. Like she Aww. sent her these suck, like these mint suckers or something. She's like, yes, I, I don't like mint. And she's like, trust me, bring That's them with. And me. by the time, yeah, by the time mom was done with chemo, she's like, I love mint suckers. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. They settle my stomach. Well, it's all uh, that little secret, like, uh, you know, for stuff that people know that have been through the experience. Cause even your yeah. doctor hasn't been through most likely right. been through the same experience. So um, early on, I was also, what was, um, I was a survivor offering support, like mentor and SOS, because, you know, basically they assign you someone who's going through what you just finished, because that's so important. They learn just as much from you as they learn from their doctor, because there's just tricks, things to wear to chemo, things that, that you can eat, things that might be happening that you don't know why they're happening. So it's, you know, there's this support system is very, very critical. Yeah. Well, you, you talk about the things to wear. Um, I knew compression socks were a good thing. And there's a guy I played high school hockey with that makes these socks, toe drag apparel, that look like hockey socks with skates on them. 
And <laughs> he awesome. had he had pink ones out for a while for breast cancer awareness. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've got several pairs. I got the Blackhawks pair, the USA hockey. Uh-huh. But when <laughs> mom was diagnosed, it's like, well, I want to get her a pair of these, you know, so she can wear them on chemo day. Yeah. But they weren't on his website. So I sent him an email and he's like, what's your mom's address? And I go, they sent it to him. He said, what do I owe you? He goes, don't worry about it. So he sends her two of these pair and oh. she loved them because they were, they went almost all the way up to the knee Yes, and they were a good compression. And she's like, yes. they were the socks I wore every week. And of course, as she's wearing them. She's looking down at my, at her feet, like thinking of me, but it was like, that's okay. So like that's such yeah. a sweet thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. you helped her spirits along with her physical, you know, yeah. as well by sending her that and she thinks of you and that that's also good medicine. Yeah. Yeah. So now that she's gone, I wear those socks every time I skate. Oh, um, that's awesome. To, to think of her. But, you know, the, the other that we had, I think it was one, one of the photo services, you know, had a blanket made with all the grandkids' mm-hmm. pictures. And it was like, it was just those little so things that remind you. Such a sweet thing. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. But, you know, as, as you know, there's those days where it's just like, you don't have much fight in you. And then you see those things. It's like, okay. I don't have much fight, but I got a reason. So I'm going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going and I'm going to get through this. And it's just a speed bump or whatever you get through. I mean, it's a long battle. Whoever is going through cancer, it's a long process. It's not going to be no matter what. So, you know, lifelong. So the worst part was she was going through her treatment during COVID. So she couldn't, she had to go into the room all by herself and everything else. Hard. My dad wasn't just going to drop her off and go home, even though it was like, 20 minutes from the house. So he would show up, he'd drop her off and then he'd go into the parking lot, pull out his lawn chair and his book. And he would sit there and read. He would tailgate by himself out there. Oh, well, no, he didn't tailgate by himself because when they live on a coastal Island in North Carolina. Um, So when the friends on the Island found out all of those that weren't working, they would come and tailgate with dad. Oh, that is so nice. That is so sweet. And it was like, and That's they lovely. they tailgated as if it was a football game, but oh, they were awesome. they were there. <laughs> I love that though. That's so yeah. like, see, there's his support system. There's his yeah. you know, like what a wonderful group of people. Well, yeah, it, it was his system, but mom could also look out the window and see oh. all of them and wave yeah. to them, you know. So it was kind of like, you know, <laughs> nobody could be in there with her, but you know, it was just that reminder that she, she even though she was physically alone, she wasn't alone. She wasn't. Uh, right. She was. But that's, I mean, that's a beautiful story. That's such yeah. a fantastic thing. And just great friends, like what dear friends will do for you in like your moment of need. That's so fantastic. Yeah. You know, so l- let's get back to the October saves. Like you said, you started about nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Each year it gets bigger and bigger. I think it was like three or four years ago I found out about it. And I, I always sign up, but, you know, no, nobody ever... I didn't really push it much because I'm like, I'm just a beer league goalie. You we know? love the beer league right. goalies. It's but crazy. it's like, who, who's going to donate money to a beer league goalie to stop pucks? But then on Mother's Day of this year, we did lose mom. And uh, I've had Justin Goldman on the podcast yeah. and, um, to talk about that because, you know, he, he had lost his mom it's too. His mom. So it yeah. was kind of a therapeutic episode for me. But um, so this year, you know, I just kind of had a reason to, push mm-hmm. it. So I have been, and I've Thank been you. able to raise a little bit of money so far, hopefully more before the uh, well, we months love over. That. We appreciate that so yeah. much. <laughs> you know, and, and I know every little bit helps too. So that, that's, that's the good thing. But, you know, the exciting thing is like this year, you've got the Washington Capitals of, you know, signed on and, you know, it sounds like some of the bigger groups are starting to take notice and it, it almost feels like it's close to, you know, Becoming off. something really big. Yeah. yeah and that's got to be super exciting, too, to know that, uh, you know, the impact you've had already, but what's what's just on the horizon right now could be even better. Well, we do. I mean, we know that we're honestly still like honestly tip of the iceberg. Like We know we are. Mm-hmm. We know how many. I mean, if we're just looking at the number of youth goalies that are, you know, USA Hockey registered youth goalies, we know, mm-hmm. you know, roughly how many that is. And we're the tip of the iceberg. So the growth potential is fantastic. But the growth that has happened already with a pandemic smack in the middle um, has been pretty striking. And, and that's the thing that's, you know, that we love. It's, it's, it's been so organic. Like, you know, the first year was the Ashburn extreme in Virginia. So, you know, we just did it and we put up a big, you know, pink brick wall, like banner up on the wall. And so other clubs would come in for a tournament, you know, Columbus day tournament, and they'd see this and be like, what's that, you know, and I want to do that. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, word started spreading. And then this, you know, the second year we challenged the Howard Huskies in Maryland, you know, one of our rival teams, like we challenged them. <laughs> So like, you know, let's like, let's just like, let's compete with this, like fundraising. Right. And so they jumped in, they were awesome. And we raised a ton of money, like even more money that year. And then we have, a, we had a fantastic commissioner of the CBHL and she was all in the next year. She's like, we're doing it. Every club's doing it. We're, we're, I'm like, I am pushing this. And she did. She was so great. Debbie Moon. Um, we're so grateful to her. And so, you know, we've had all these sort of little angels along the way that have, yeah jumped in and like latched onto it and loved the idea and helped us grow and helped us grow. And you know, Justin Goldman of the goalie guild was critical. I mean, the minute he jumped on that sort of like dropped all barriers, especially between, you know, the U S and Canada and um, yeah. brought so many new people in and exposed us to all kinds of new organizations. And then, you know, we've almost just like sort of watched ourselves grow like up the East coast, like towards <laughs> the Midwest. Like we just watched different groups pop in and now we have had goalies in like 46 of 50 States and nine of 10 provinces. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren of the Washington Capitals, they're, they are signed up and counting saves. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty crazy. It, it's so. easier for them to count saves because they have people that know how to do it, doing yes. it for them. It's not like us yes. beer leaguers who have to either keep track <laughs> in our head during a game or, you know, the, the right. squirt goalie. Um, <laughs> but having them is so huge because mm-hmm. now other goalies in the, NHL are going to take note yeah. as well as the AHL and you know, right. Th- the minor league. So hopefully these other leagues and teams within the NHL catch on and it just becomes, you know, that they have the hockey fights cancer. Um, I think during November, November. because, yeah. you know, why isn't this just the big push in October? You know, right. Each team could almost have a battle against, you know, their rival is who, right. who can raise I, more for their goalies. Love and- that. The interesting thing is, so, so we finish, you know, you, we finish counting saves October 31st. And then we have like this yeah. little period of time where we collect money. And then we announce the winners November 11th. So the cool thing is that that's right in the middle of hockey fights, cancer month. And yeah. so there's a couple of different clubs that, that, have our kids come and like sort of participate in their hockey fights, cancer night, which is great. So New Jersey devils are fantastic. They have invited our kids down and had done big check ceremonies and good stuff. And the Washington capitals are of course, excellent um, to work with. And so we're getting some traction there. And what we've um, started doing, we've, we've had this program where we do, you know, if a state raises over $50,000, so like the goalies of New Jersey right yeah. now raised over $50,000. So we're going to do $5,000, towards a local charity within that state. And, and that's awesome. Over a hundred thousand, then we'll do 10,000, you know, and so on. But the cool thing is we've managed to sort of match that up with some of the hockey fights, cancer nights, because it's, you know, it's a, that's a great opportunity to, to bring the kids to give a big check to this also great cancer beneficiary. Yeah. Um, and so we've, we've done that and, and that's becoming a really interesting relationship that we're starting to form with more and more NHL teams. And, um, it's just great because we get to bring all the parties together in one place for one event and get the word out and help a great beneficiary. Yeah. Well, and I'm just sitting here thinking as I'm in Minnesota, it's like, why haven't the college teams hopped on yet? You know, why, why haven't some of these junior teams in Canada hopped on? We it's always like, get a few here and there, but not a lot of those. Like, like, you know, it's funny, like our sweet spot is squirts. <laughs> <laughs> Sports yeah. are in like they they love it their moms are all about it like they're all about it but then we always do get a few college goalies that for you know for some there's like a reason you know there's a, there's a grandmom or there's a somebody yeah. that that you know that they're fighting for um and so we always get a few here and there and we you know we get some you know junior teams here and there that sort of participate so you know, it's it's just an organic growth. As we keep going, we're going to get more and more of them. And we love when the big boys join because the, you know, the younger kids love to, you know, to participate with like their idol or like the big guys, you know, they yeah. love. So it's, you know, it's a, it's definitely a cool thing to feel like you're, you know, doing this together with your, you know, your idol. So like Jeremy yeah. Simon's done some messages for us and he does like the best, most like enthusiastic, encouraging messages. And we love it because everyone's like, okay, whatever Jeremy Swayman says, we're doing it too. Like it's just, his (laughs) messages are so good. (laughs) Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. 
For me, I'll probably be betting against the Blackhawks. I love them, but I know they're not going to be good this year. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, how many saves will be made, and more for your shot at even bigger payouts. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets. If they do, that's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, that's what I love about the goalie community is, you know, you talk about hockey being tight-knit, but then you throw the goalies in there. And because we are kind of on this island by ourselves, mm-hmm. there's only one, usually one other person on the team that can sympathize with us. Yes. We band together. Even mm-hmm. like even the goalies in high school that played for my arch rival, I still knew them outside of the rink. It was yes. like we still banded together because we were the goalies, even yes. if we didn't like each other's teams. So it's like, you know – that's a, it's, actually, it's one of the other big like tenants of why we did this. So, you know, yes, we're fighting cancer and that's our purpose and that's what we're doing. But we also wanted to, you know, shine a light on the goaltenders. Like you're kind of this island back there. You, you know, again, like you yeah. said, you partner maybe, but otherwise you're under a lot of pressure. And we we recognize that a lot of people don't even realize how strong of athletes these kids are. These kids, mm-hmm. adults, whoever, like they're strong athletes back there and they're working hard in a very different way. And it's very mental and physical and all of this stuff. So we wanted to shine a light on them. And so the month of October, we find that, you know, these when they participate in October saves, people are paying attention to them. Like people are counting mm-hmm. their saves. And we kind of joke, we always have, we had this one team that every time there was a save during October saves, all the parents in the stands would yell, that's a save, you know? So it's like every save was magnified. Yeah. But you really start paying attention. Like my goal is working his buns off back there. Like now we realize that kid just made 35 saves, 25 saves, whatever. So goalies, you know, they get a light shown on them. And then they're also showing themselves to be leaders in the community and like sort of rallying people. And we had this, real, this beautiful story that happened, you know, several years ago, but we had some goalies, you know, all participating and on social media, they were sharing stories. And one of the Ashburn extreme goalies, the family saw a story of another goalie, a Massachusetts goalie who had just lost his aunt. And it was very emotional and you know, very upsetting. It was very close to his aunt. And so they, they recognized each other and realized that Ashburn Extreme goalie realized that they were going to be playing each other in this Columbus Day tournament. And so they played each other and the game was over. And then the Ashburn team skated over and gave a gift to that goalie. Oh, geez. And I mean, there wasn't a dry eye. Like, I mean, it was, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was so emotional, but for that Massachusetts goalie to be supported by yeah. the rival, like the, you know, the kid on the other side of the ice and like have that moment, it was just really a beautiful moment that happened, you know, because of organic, you know, organically because of October saves and they saw each other yeah. and realized that they were, there was another reason why they were actually together on something. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it's, it was pretty beautiful. Beautiful. Well, and it, you know, you had said, you know, the fans, recognizing the saves you know the other side of it too is it's october it's started the season for a mm-hmm. lot of goalies yes so making each save a little more important than just getting mm-hmm. off to a good start there was yes. a little more and it, it almost makes it uh better for the goalie you know not not ex, not necessarily extra pressure but more of a reward to make yeah, those you're saves. just a little more like oomph in there i don't know and we, we yeah. you know we, we joke but it's true because we've seen it happen that these goalies get more shutouts in october <laughs> because every save is counting and people are watching like they know people are watching what they're doing and and watching what what's happening with them so you know i mean we had one goalie and this was amazing it was actually my the goalie that was a partner of my my youngest son who had this just amazing big donor and the big donor was like okay you get four shutouts in October and I will donate $20,000. Oh, wow. And not three, but it was, we <laughs> <laughs> still got the, the guy donated $10,000. It was amazing. But so we were thrilled, but, but yeah. I mean, that kid got three shutouts in October and that's splitting games. I mean, so he yeah. was like, he was going for it. So it's just a, you know, 
it's just a little extra something to put a fire in the belly. So, you know, it's a good thing. Well, he's doing I it. know in, in my game this week, it, it was a rough game. I'll, I'll, t- I'll say oh, that, but <laughs> I saw, I saw 50 shots and I was That's like, okay, you know, yeah. I stopped 40 of them and I felt good. Cause okay. I was like, all right, there's, there's 40, <laughs> you know, saves 40, right. It's yeah. like that. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it was funny because I sent that to my dad. I was like, hey, he made 40 saves last night. He's like, all right, not bad. I said, I saw 50 shots. And his response was, so you sucked last night. No. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, that, that's his, you know, his dry humor. He's like, kidding. But <laughs> yeah. It's like, actually, I played quite well. It, you know, obviously. Oh, Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you see 50 shots in a beer league game, it you means... see 50 shots in a game. Yeah. Holy cow. I mean, yeah. I was it's like, crazy. It, yeah, we, we weren't going to win that game because no. <laughs> we'll put it no. that way. But it was funny. So, so you sucked last night. He's like, thanks, Dad. I appreciate Thank that. You, Dad. I really appreciate that, Dad. <laughs> Got to have a sense of humor and goal yeah. setting. That's so, cool. you know, you do. You really do. And I, I think that's one of the things that helped me growing up was that dry sense of self-deprecating humor my family had. Yes. <laughs> it was yes. like, well, that didn't go as we wanted. Was um, fun. Maybe better luck next time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I still remember I was a big Eddie Belfour fan. And uh, the night he was traded from the Blackhawks, we had a game the next morning. And I started that game and I was pulled after the first period. And at the year-end oh. banquet, the coach saying a few things about each player and he looks over at me and he goes, well, if I learned one thing this season, it's not to play Joe after Eddie's been traded because uh, he wears oh. his morning band over his eyes and not on his sleeve. <laughs> was, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I was like, thanks, coach. And uh, thanks. I was upset. Thank you. I yeah. was. Well, oh. and, and he knew that because he's also a psychologist. So he, he was oh. playing that, that side of it. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. No, he, he's, he's, all these years later, 20 plus years later, still a good friend of the family. He, oh, that's awesome. he lived right down the block from us. So it was back in the day when a coach could pick a player up for, yes, for practice and games in high school. And so for two years, he took me in almost every single practice. Oh, and, you know, so friend, coach. And yeah. Friend. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. He was just picking on me because he knew he could. He knew he like, could. Oh, and he, and he knew that actually you were in mourning that morning. So yeah. I knew yeah, that. absolutely. And <laughs> I have been from, fortunate enough to have Eddie on the podcast. And I told him that when he just started laughing, he's like, well, yeah. Wow. I expected youth goalies across the land when that happens. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was funny though. Um, you know, so you had mentioned the ability if, if a state or a goalie or an organization can raise enough money that they can get some of that money to come back to their state, their mm-hmm. community. And as you were saying on the end goal podcast, it's not just coming back to their state, but they get to help pick which, you know, organization it goes to. And I think that's really cool because I mean, growing up when we did, you know, Susan, all we knew of was Susan G. Coleman as we've come yes. to learn, you know, yes. so much of money was raised through that group, mm-hmm. but, so much of that money didn't go back to actual cancer research, you know? So I, I like that. It's not just a, you know, well, this is where it's going. You know, the, the, the goalie or, you know, the group kind of gets a say in where, where it's going to go and have that impact that uh, is important to them. But you also mentioned, you know, each group will be vetted, you know, so that, you know, it's actually being used and not just going towards mm-hmm. administrative fees. Yeah, we so so we take that very very seriously. So we are an all volunteer organization. October mm-hmm. saves we're all volunteer, and so we like it's it's a huge goal for us to give away as much of the money to the beneficiaries as we can. So we run at like a seven percent operating cost. That is so low for a charity. Mm-hmm usually like 25% and you're doing great. So we're yeah. 7%. So, you know, the fact that we were able to leverage technology, which it's, is you know, free for everyone to use. And we don't have like sort of event costs, like, you know, banquet, yeah. halls, you know, things like that. So that, and we're again, all volunteer. So that way we can give, you know, we give the money to the, to the research facilities, to the cancer research folks, the doctors, those people, but it's really important for us to vet where we give that money. And so we visit, we do regular meetings with them. We sort of scrub through all of the documents and find out who are the best people. Um, mm-hmm. It means 
that means a lot. We visit the drug research labs. We visit, you know, pandemic obviously put a little bit of a damper on that. But, you know, now we do Zoom calls with particular researchers. I mean, it's it, that is very important to us. Like there's there's not a dollar to be wasted in cancer fighting at the, as far as we're concerned. So right. we make sure that that money is going to a really, really effective place that's going to take that money and do something great with it. So, yeah. Um, and, and then we also like to have, like, we like to hear from people, like what, what inspires you, what, you know, if there is a place that means something to you, you know, you know, we've given in Pennsylvania last year, we were able to, the $5,000 donation went to an awesome facility that actually had helped one of our goalies. Like he, you know, he was oh, cool. had leukemia. Um, actually his name is Dan Mooney. And if you go look him up on our page and read his story, it's so inspiring. This kid is so inspiring and he's just giving back right now. Like he had leukemia and you know, fought it and then decided he wanted to be a goalie and he just had to, you know, learn to walk, learn to skate, learn to play and fight his way through it. And now he's a varsity goalie and it's just, you know, it's just like the best story ever, but we are able to give to, you know, a pediatric hospital that, that he went to, that's actually very big in that area. in the Mm -hmm. area. So, you know, we, we love to hear what inspires folks. And then again, we have to take that information and vet it and find the best place to give the money. But, you know, we, I'm, I'm not in, you know, these states myself personally, and we do a lot of research, but we love to hear, you know, personal stories, you know? Yeah. No, and you know, that, that makes it uh, harder for people not to Mm -hmm. uh, donate what they, what they can once they hear the stories. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And if you look at, I mean, all of the goalies and their profiles, if you, you know, if you go onto our website and then go click and look at some of the goalies, I mean, their stories are unbelievable and they're not, I mean, yes, we offer prizes. We offer awesome prizes, you know, fundraising prizes, but that is not why these kids are doing it. I mean, it truly is not why they're doing it. I mean, they're, they're doing it for their Nana and for the kid in their class that got cancer or their, you know, their dad or whoever. And and a lot of these kids have multiple people that they're participating in honor of. So it's, it's inspiring. We, we, we joke that at the beginning of the year, like we spend that, you know, the other organizers with me, like we spend every day, like we cry at some point every day because we have <laughs> like super fantastic story. We're like, Oh, that's so amazing. Like, yeah. You know, we spend every day crying at least part of the day in a, in a sweet way, you know? So there's just an inspiring bunch of human beings that are, that are participating in October saves. They're really good, good people. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned the prizes and, you know, for the goalies and, that's that's not the motivating factor, you know. In, in fact, I, I've looked at some of them. I was like, well, if, if I were to win that, I, like, I got decent equipment. I don't need pads. If I were to like, so it was, it'd be like, who who could I pay it forward to? But I got to imagine, you know, some of the prizes are coming from companies that are seeing this and they're like, how can we help? I, I know in goal, obviously mm-hmm. one of the how can we help? So it's like, you know, you, you talk about that seven percent, you know, going to operating costs. Not much of that can is probably going to prizes either because people no, are behind got, this movement. We've got some really great, you know, we get some great prizes and then and then we get some great discounts and some, you know, different all kinds of different things. I mean, people when we when we reach out, they they tend to respond, which is really, really wonderful. So yeah. um, you know, it, it's we like the, the sort of like smaller prizes that every kid can earn as, or every participant can earn as they raise money. Those are things just sort of like badges of honor. Like, okay, awesome. Like I, you know, I got yeah. to hit this or, you know, everybody really fights for this pink Jersey, which if you hit the dollar <laughs> level, cause that's a fun thing to wear. And yep. that's a special thing to say. You are, you have raised $2,000 yourself to fight cancer. You wear that on the ice, you wear it next year during, you know, breast cancer awareness month, whatever. Like we want you to feel proud when you wear that. But um, yeah, yeah, we get we get you know some great folks joining in. In Goal Magazine has been so fantastic. I mean, they have been they're sponsoring our Top Ten Tuesday, which is always like a favorite day where people love to see the top ten. So yeah. we're doing some super cool prizes that um, like you know signed Carey Price jersey and Connor Hellebuck stick from his Vesna Trophy winning season, and so just really um, awesome yeah. things. And then they're doing fifty percent off of fifty percent of each subscription that they get during the month of October is going to October Save. So they're fundraising too you know which yeah. is like fantastic yeah th- those guys are great i i've had uh uh david and kevin on the podcast i i've even had cam from source for sports on awesome. uh Dar- darren's the only one i haven't been able to pin down yet but they're they're just well <laughs> you know we we talk about the goalie community and they're they're almost i, I would call them the deans of the goalie community yeah 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 um because 
there's no goalie too big or too small that they're not going to take time and help out however they can. Yeah. Well, on the podcast we just did, it was like October saves. And then the next interview was Jeremy Swayman. And we were yeah. like, Oh my gosh. Like that's yeah, per- that's perfect timing. <laughs> we were like, that's just nuts. So, so I like, I literally made my sons who are goalies. I'm like, okay, listen to mom's part. And then listen to Jeremy Swayman's part because you're going to learn some things. Like it was yeah. so good. I mean, it was just, you know, there's, they're so nice and so knowledgeable and they're really such a great resource for mm-hmm. goalie parents and goalies up and down the line, all levels, all age groups. I mean, that is such a great resource to just learn and like take in information in goal magazine is sort of like you too. I mean, Tendy talk, all this stuff. This is such great sources to just, just, you know, absorb really good firsthand information in a, in a, you know, a position that a lot of the parents weren't in that position that their kids had to play, you know, so they're just trying to find information. So they're both great sources. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because a lot of goalies I know is their kids started playing hockey they're like no I don't want you to play goalie no <laughs> so even you know some of the parents that were goalies their kids aren't playing uh, right, right. Oh, no. I mean, my second child we were like no 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 like this no this can't this is not happening but then the Washington yeah. Capitals had his little team do the mites on ice like the in between periods that yeah. for this one and he, he decided he wanted to be the goalie for mites on ice and he made this crazy save and they replayed it on the jumbo <laughs> And then they brought him over for the interview and there stood my husband and I in the 400 section, like, oh my gosh, he's having a life moment right now. Like he's going to be a goalie too. Thank you. <laughs> and sure enough. Yeah. He is. Yep. Yeah. So if you have anybody to blame, you can blame the Washington Capitals yeah, like, on that one. for letting my kid have that super amazing moment on the ice. Cause you changed the trajectory of his life. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, and, you know, kids, Young goalies these days are so fortunate in all of the resources they have to them because mm-hmm. I forget who I was talking to on the podcast, but, you know, when I was a kid, I, I would go to the library and take this book out because it was the only book the library had on gold or on hockey. And, like, we, we were required to take a book out every week. So I just continuously took same the same book. book out and kept reading it and reading because that was about the only thing, you know, is that or go to Encyclopedia yeah. Britannica. Yeah, but that, how cool was that that you at least had that one book that you could, you know, yeah. go to? It, and now, you know, kids have Ingle, they've got Google, they've got YouTube, um, they've got things like Sensorina. There's so many cool. Oh, yeah. Sensorina you know, is awesome. Yes. I, I've talked to my dad. I was like, you know, I, I wonder how much better of a goalie I would have been if I was growing up today Yeah. versus, yeah. you know, 20 plus years ago. And, he, you know, he's like... Well, hockey is going to be more expensive. Who's to say I was going? To, I would let you play today. Well, <laughs> I was like, point to that too. Yeah, I was like, well played, sure. Dad. Yeah, good, good, good point there. Um, but there are so many resources and so many cool like training, you know, just training options and things that you can do. And people know so much more about the like the physiology of like the body and yeah. how it works in goaltending and how not to overwork it. And you know, yeah. you just, like even just sort of the protection of the goalies now, I find so you know, so fantastic because it's, you know, they get sort of beat up in practices and stuff. And now, you know, it's, there's just a lot more knowledge on, on this position. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- there's something to be said about feeling the puck and having some of those bruises, you know, oh, when I was coming up. Every time they come home, I'm like, oh, that's your collarbone. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I remember meeting Steve Larmer of the Blackhawks when I was a kid. He was signing autographs at our local rink and we get up to the front of the line. My teammates like, yeah, this is just our goalie. He's like, prove it. So I just like lifted one sleeve and all the dudes like, yeah, you're the goalie. <laughs> you're definitely the goalie. Indeed, yeah. you're the goalie. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yep. Yeah. Because back then, I mean, if you didn't have bruises on your upper legs, and it was just like, it, I even think now like always wear those knee pads underneath yeah. their hockey pants. Yes. I've never worn them because they weren't a you thing when I was a kid. And it's right. like, now that I have a new modern pad, it's like, there's not a need for these things. Like if I right. get hit there, it's because I was out of position. I deserve it. Right. Like I, <laughs> this is my punishment for not being where I should be. But a yeah. puck always finds its way through. Oh, That's God, yeah. my, I'm like, oh my gosh, like how did your rib get, like when my boys got, I'm like, how did that get to your rib? I don't know, but it did. Yeah. Like just, you know. Well, I, I've told the story when I was playing college hockey. I got a concussion, and after that, I started wearing a Dominic Hoshik style helmet. You know, oh, player helmet yeah. with no neck protector or anything. It was just this was all open. I wore that thing for a year until my next concussion. Oh, then man. I went back. Then I went back to a mask, but it had an extended chin, not yep. the dangler, but it had an extended chin. Very first practice in the first five minutes, I had a puck come up under the mask, hit me in the neck. It, it stung, but I. 
all I could do was laugh because like, like I got year. more protection and they still did yeah. on yeah. <laughs> I skated for a whole year with this completely exposed and nothing. Nothing. And the minute you have something, it gets under there. Yeah. Oh. I was like, that, that's just how the position works for yes. me. Yes. So I, I'm looking at time and I want to be cognizant of it. I end every episode with a list of 10 questions. Yes. Okay. Um, now, since the questions are typically for goalies, I, I mm. might have to modify some of them. Okay. Yes. But, um, I'll try. But yes. I, I've asked every guest the same 10 questions, which which is the fun part of it. Okay. And the first one is, what's the craziest coaching moment from watching your boys play? You know, where a coach just kind of went berserk. Oh, gosh. I mean, I, oh God, I feel like there's so many. But um, <laughs> I mean, there was one where my son, like we were playing this. We were just so outmatched. We were playing this team. And so the coach, he pulled one goalie and put in the other one. And then he pulled that goalie. And then he put the other one back. And then he pulled that goalie. And then he put the other one back. And by like, by the time they were crossing each other for the third time, like that they're being, I got pulled, but I'm being put back. I'm getting pulled again. Like they were just laughing and passing each other. Like, okay. Like, you know, yeah, that was weird. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. The, it, it was like, at the, it was such it a, it wasn't a goalie himself to, no, and it, the wheels were off the bus yeah. at that point. So it was just, but yeah. but that happened. Like that actually happened. And we and everyone was like, what? They're, they're switching them again? I mean, okay, so it's their fault? Okay, never mind. Yeah. Just let's go through this. Yeah. Uh, so the next question is, what's your favorite all-time goalie mask? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm obviously I'm super partial to ob- anything Washington Capitals. <laughs> and I'm also super partial to anything Braden Holpe. Yeah. So I mean, I would just say you know any mask of Braden Holpe's would be would be mine. He did have some good ones. So one of my all time favorite um, Washington Capital masks, and even one of my all time favorite uh, was from the nineties. It was a backup goalie by the name of Rick, Rick Tabaracci, and he had like a American flag battle flag that just went up both sides and was just tattered. It was just oh, such a cool wow. mask. Wow. And. I I'm also very, and this is, uh, this is not a professional mask, but my son just had a mask made. Like we just had it designed and it's, we're, so we're from Washington DC area. Yeah. So it's got the monuments, like all the different oh, like, cool. DC monuments, but like, it's like pencil drawing style. Yeah. Like, it is beautiful. I mean, it is, it is a piece of art. So yeah. you reminded me to say that one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's why I love about Holy masks. It is art. And um, art. Yes. Yes. I was I, able to convince my high school art teacher that they were art. And that was the only reason I could do a different goalie mask for every art project. (laughs) (laughs) That's so smart, but they are, I mean, they actually are art. Like, I mean, a hundred percent. One of the prizes we used to give, we used to let the top goalie design their own helmet and, Mm -hmm. or their mask design. We, you know, we gave them a a mask and then we let them design it. And the different things they would come up with were so cool and so personal that we loved revealing those helmets. Yeah, it's just, it's always fun when, even like in high school and college, if any of the goalies would get their mask being like, it wasn't just the goal, the goalies were the first ones like oh, crowding around, but the whole team like, is, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm telling you, the one my son just had, it's, it is beautiful and it's so, you know, he, he plays up in Connecticut now, but it's, so it's like sort of, you know, his hometown and it's just got these yeah. sort of, you know, beautiful Washington, you know, monuments that anybody would recognize in pencil, like beautifully done in this map. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so the, the next one is ca- kind of a fun one. What's your favorite rink that uh, you've been to for your boys playing hockey? Um, you know what? This is crazy to say. I mean, New England Sports Center, it kind of feels like home away from home mm-hmm. for us because we're there all the time and it's big and I can, <laughs> this is terrible, I can watch the game well without having to go in and freeze. So yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible thing to say. Um, and I can still like hear the game and see the game and be right over the game. So I do love New England Sports Center. Um, but I'll tell you what, our Kettler, which is now named MedStar here, you know, back in the Washington, D.C. area, is this super cool rink that this is where my boys used to practice that is on top of a parking garage like it's you know seven floors up on top of this parking garage so you're you can look over and see in the distance like parts of washington dc and so it's all 
glass at the front and they're beautiful, like beautiful ranks. Like they're also really beautiful. So that's the Washington Capitals. That's also their practice rank for the Washington okay. Capitals. So um, that rank is, I mean, just a really cool, very different. I have never been to a rink like on top of a, you know, in the middle of like a city on top of a, you know, a parking deck. So that yeah. was cool too. Yeah, I know the Wilds' new practice rink in downtown St. Paul. It's not on top of a parking garage. It was the old Marshall Fields building um, that had been sitting vacant for so long, and they Uh uh, redeveloped it, but the top floors are now the ice rink. Isn't that cool? Um, Yeah, and I haven't been there yet. I've been wanting to get there. It's been open for a few years, but uh, all the pictures are super cool. Like The Wilds' locker room is a floor below the rink. So they have to take an elevator to get up to the rink is kind of cool. An elevator to the rink. Like that's so like just, that's a wild concept. Well, the other thing is that attached to, you know, MedStar ice rink is this new mall that's got like the most gourmet everything. So for like, (laughs) you can go out like beforehand and you can happy hour before your kids, 6 PM, you know, Saturday game, like the whole team, everybody goes in happy hours at some really cool places. And then you come over and watch the game and it's all the more fun. So yeah. Well, the, the rink I grew up playing at actually had a uh, restaurant bar overlooking the ice. Yeah. So you'd come yeah. out for a game and it looks like nobody's parents showed up. It's all because they're on they're the other there. side of the glass having <laughs> a drink. Um, yeah. So the, the next question I'm going to skip over because it's talking about, you know, equipment. Um, oh, yeah. But the, the other one is what's your favorite uh, hockey memory? My favorite hockey memory. Please play. Um. So this, so this, this one, my, so my boys played one year for our high school team. People, you wouldn't believe it, but actually high school hockey in Virginia is huge. Like it Mm -hmm. is huge. Pack the rank. I've never seen so many people in a rank. And so my sons, the one time my one son was a freshman and the other one was a senior. And so they were the two goalies on the high school varsity team and we made it all the way to the state's, you know, championship game, which, you know, nobody really expected us to do and everybody expected us to get killed. Um, but we ended up killing the other team. And I, again, I've never been in a rink so packed in my entire life. Yeah. And my husband and I were in the box, like doing score sheet and doing, um, doing music. So like my husband and I are in the box. We're so stressed. Both of our boys are on the other side of the <laughs> ice playing, you know, like our one son's like, you know, pumping up the one that's in the net. Like it was just an awesome experience and we won and it was like, we won states and it was just like, it was just a huge moment. And like, that's awesome. You know, it was, I think for our entire family, that was just a big one. Yeah. 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 That, that would be one of those fun core memories. Um, so th- this is always a fun one and coming since you've been able to sit with the parents during games, you probably heard a few good ones. What's <laughs> the best chirp you've heard uh, during a game? That's tough. I mean, it's usually coming out of my husband's mouth. <laughs> Um, and that, like, you think he's like, oftentimes he's, he's the quiet guy in the corner, like the typical goalie dad, yeah. but then he, he's often, he's, I mean, he's often the one where I'm like, stop it and go to the corner. Like I need you to stop saying whatever. So I don't know that I could like pull it up, but he's, he is the one that people look to like, Oh no, I can't believe you just said that. So, yeah. um, we'll just leave it at that. How about that? I, I, I don't think I still, it. <laughs> the best one I've heard so far was actually from David Hutchins from Engel. And his son's goalie coach looked at him and said, you must be really good at dodgeball. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, ooh, that that gets you to the core. Um, (laughs) That's terrible. So Uh, the next question is going to be a fun one since you brought up pre-gaming. What's the worst post-game drink? Oh, the worst post-game drink is probably your tears because you have some terrible, (laughs) sad, sad game that something terrible happened. (laughs) I, I think that might even be the the best response so far. Just your tears from a <laughs> the loss. Tears, the child, um, I don't know. Like it's terrible. Yeah. Um, typically, it's warm beer, but that that one's better. Yeah, I was uh, going to say this from a goalie mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, again, the next two are very like equipment related. So the, the last question is: What advice do you have for young goaltenders? I mean, and this is this is hard for us to still even take this same advice, but just. It just, it's a slow road. It's not a fast road goaltending. Like it's slow and steady, slow and steady. And don't, you know, everyone's trying to, I feel like everyone's trying now to like race forward and, and, you know, get to these high points and, 
you forget to just enjoy the game and love the game, which that's such a simple concept, but it's not. And I, you know, once you kind of get in the rat race of trying to get to the next level, get to the next level, I think people are stopping sort of enjoying the moment and the game and the team and sort of the community right. itself. So um, just slow and steady. It really is a slow and steady position in terms of trying to make it to the next level and um, don't push it too fast. Like, I mean, okay, if you're on a, you know, a U15, U16 team and it's not the best team, but you're getting a lot of shots. So just stay there and do that and, and take that experience and don't try to like jump it and try to get onto the U18 team. Like you see those sorts of things happen all the time. And, you know, in every team and every experience for a goalie, you can learn something and learn something yeah. and, and, and learn what inside of yourself, what you can endure and what you can get through and, you know, rise above. So yeah, yeah it's Funny, when I talked to Brian DeCord of Boston University, he kind of said the same thing, is trust the process and don't try mm-hmm. to rush it. Yeah. You know, there, I think I've heard that from him, too, because my kids go to his camps every summer. So, but yeah. he, you know, he's got wise words. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. And I, I love his stop at goaltending app because that has helped mm-hmm. me uh, gain more okay. confidence in my beer league play because it's like, oh, we just got shelled again last night. But I probably should have let in those five goals. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? right. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of them are going to go in, and it, and that yeah. app is really fantastic. Honestly, like it's it's such a good tool, and it also sort of takes the emotion out of it. So yep. if you can, you know, even as a parent, like we're never going to tell our kid, like it's not our job to tell them, you know, right, give them advice. But but if you can sit together and look at, you know, what you've done on the app during the game, that's very very helpful. Yeah. So no, I I love it and. Um... It, like you said, it's helped my confidence. Good. Um, I'm glad. I'm sure he'd be happy to hear that too. <laughs> thank you for joining me on the podcast, spreading the great word of October Saves. I'm going to have all the links to the website and the social and all of that in the show notes. But uh, thank you. And uh, let's uh, hope it's another record year for donations. And uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do to make it even better next year. Well, thank you. And thank you for signing up and participating and counting your saves. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Happy to. Thank you. Thank you. What a great and inspiring conversation with Laura. I encourage all of you goalies to sign up to participate. It's not too late. And you can sign up next year too. The impact goalies are having on cancer research and patient care is making a difference. I'm excited to see what the future holds for October Saves as more and more organizations sign on. I look forward to the day every NHL team is participating, pitting fan bases against each other to see which one can raise more money for this great cause. In the meantime, sign up for the challenge at octobersaves.org and search for October Saves on most social media platforms. As noted in the conversation with Laura, I have signed up for the October Saves Challenge this year to stop pucks and raise money in my mom's memory. You can click the link in any of my social media profiles to get to my challenge page and donate if you're able to. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Washed Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washedupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some Washed Up Goalie, or Tendy Talk Apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the merchandise link on the website. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many to list here, but shows like the Starcastic Remarks podcast, the Two Girls, One Stanley Cup podcast, and the Red Wings Rant podcast can all be found. If you're looking for something good to read, get yourself a subscription to Vintage Tendy Magazine. Published quarterly, the magazine takes a deep dive into an 80s or 90s era goalie. In the first five issues, they've covered Felix Potvin, Grant Pure, Tim Shevelday, Jocelyn Tebow, Ken Reggett, John Van Beesbrook, and episode 20 guest mask painter and designer Don Strauss. I need to thank the band Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on all my episodes. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm always working on lining up other goalies to talk to and it's becoming harder and harder. 
If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you're a brand that wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. So, until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck. Go!